This is the Spa Retailer Podcast, where we talk about retail, business, and all things related to the hot tub industry. I'm Megan Kendrick, owner of Spa Retailer Magazine. And I'm Jeff Bailey, owner of Spring Dance Hot Tubs in Philadelphia. This episode of the Spa Retailer Podcast is brought to you by Marquee. Just a quick note before this episode, we will not be releasing a new episode of the Spa Retailer Podcast on October 31st, which would be our regular schedule. Since that is the opening day of the International Pool Spa Patio Expo, Jeff and I are going to record a couple episodes in person at the show. So our next episode will be coming out on November 7th, if all goes according to plan. Please come see me in Las Vegas. We are at booth number 1147. We talk about a couple things in the episode that you may want more information on. You can always refer to the show notes in your podcast app or on spa-retailer.com to find that information. And we are setting up a call-in line. If you have comments or questions about the Spa Retailer podcast that you'd like Jeff or I to answer, you can call and leave us a voicemail and we will play it on the podcast. That number is 405-992-0160. In this episode, we talked to Tom Junk, co-owner of Combined Pool and Spa in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We don't mention it in the podcast, but Tom's store has won the Caldera Spas Dealer of the Year Award for the last five years. That isn't technically the top sales award for Caldera, but they have been named the number one single store Caldera dealer as well. I guess that wasn't a very quick note. So finally, here's the show. So welcome to the Spa Retailer Podcast. I am back again with my co-host, Jeff Bailey. Hi, Jeff. Hey, Megan, how are you? I'm doing good. Uh, today, we're also joined by Tom Junk. He's the owner, co-owner of Combined Pool and Spa in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So thanks for, thanks for being on today, Tom. Oh, thanks for having me. So Tom, you and Jeff have known each other for a while, right? Uh, a long time. Um, now you're talking about Jeff Bailey, correct? Yes, that's the one. Okay, because my business partner is also named Jeff. So, Um, but yeah, Jeff and I, uh, we met at a Watkins event and uh, he has a lot of the similar friends that that I have and uh, we hit it off really well and a lot of the same interests, obviously, with uh, in the in the hot tub world. And (laughs) and so, yeah, he's been a great confidant, someone to, to reach out to. And so that's how we that's how we know each other. And, and Megan, I had the opportunity to go visit Tom this spring with my father, was doing a road trip across the country. And so I met him in Omaha. And then that night we drove up to uh, Sioux Falls and uh, Tom showed us all his stores and uh, his operations. And uh, we had dinner together. It was a great time. Oh, that's great. So you actually have been able to you know, see everything live and in person. Yes, in color, as they say. I mean, it, it is, uh, yeah, it's very, very... Uh, very awesome operation for sure. Well, one of the reasons that we wanted to have Tom on is because, um, you know, our last issue, the October issue of Spa Retailer is our, our backyard living edition. We do it each year where we focus, you know, on kind of everything but the hot tub just for that one issue. Um, and Tom sells a lot of, of backyard living products and has a big showroom that with a lot of um, a lot of that stuff in there. And so we thought he would be a good person to kind of talk to you about um, about outdoor living and about selling backyard products and, and all of that. So, but before we get into that, 
Tom, could you just give us a little bit of, of your background about how you got into the hot tub industry um, and how you got your business started? Sure, sure. I uh, I always said I uh, got in the hot in the hot tub business. Uh, my, it's a family owned business. My parents started the business, so I wasn't ever smart enough to get out of it. Um, but uh, it's it's definitely changed over the years. You know, we you know we, it started out with building swimming pools, and then uh, and then we got involved with Watkins and started selling hot tubs. Uh, a long time ago, and and that's really been the driving force of our business is the hot tubs, and then as you as you deliver these hot tubs to the backyard, you know all the other stuff uh, seemed like a natural, uh, just a natural progression to to add these other things, and instead of buying them elsewhere, why not uh, buy them from us? So that's how we got into the patio furniture, and then uh, you know for the seasonality, we got into the uh, billiards and game rooms, so for to keep our guys busy in the winter. And uh, that seemed to be a nice little combination. But yeah, we started. I, I, in 1999, I'm the youngest of five kids that were all in the family business. And for me, it was tough to uh, tell anybody what to do. <laughs> so uh, I decided, hey, why don't we uh, open a, another store? And uh, so Sioux Falls is just an hour north of where our, our main store was started in Sioux City, Iowa. And I decided to to move up there and open a store there for my, for my parents. So. And you mentioned that you have a partner whose name is also Jeff. (laughs) How did, how did you get involved with him and and how, how did you guys kind of come together to, to do the business? Well, Jeff and I were buddies since uh, the third grade. Um, So we, we went to, went to, went to school together, went to college together. We were roommates together. Um, And so we, we were, we were pretty close. And then when I moved to Sioux Falls, um, after about a year of being up here, I, I, I convinced Jeff to, to move up here cause he was working for his, his family business in the ag business, uh, back in Iowa. And, uh, I said, you just gotta, this is a great town up here. It's, there's a lot of nice people. And, uh, I think you'll fit in fine up here. And so he moved up here about a year after we opened and he's been here ever since. That's great. I mean, it's, partnerships can be so touchy and I feel like it's hard with families and it's hard with friends and it's hard with anybody, but it seems like you guys have found something that, that works. How do you, how do you navigate that so that it doesn't create a lot of conflict and you're still friends all these years later? <laughs> no, that's a, that's a good point. My attorney always said from the uh, initial discussion of bringing Jeff on as a partner, he said, absolutely do not do it. Do not do it. Well, it's kind of a unique situation. I've, I've known Jeff for a long time. Uh, like I said, I've, a roommate with him. I mean, all those little things that, that, that bug a lot of people that, uh, that cause friction in relationships. I, I, I knew what I was getting into and I don't, I don't let that small stuff bug me. Um, Jeff's also got a great skill set, Um, and he's, he's just a real people person and, and he's in, and he does, so he does, we have little different functions in the business. We, a lot of crossover, but you know, he's really strong in one area and I have my strengths in the other. And it's, a, it's been a good partnership. And uh, we, you know, the, the main thing is we both have a, a desire to take care of the customer uh, relentless and, and aggressive, you know, cause we want, we know that's what differentiates us. And so I think we have, we, we have a good, a good mix between the two of us. Uh, Tom, so one of the things uh, I tried doing some patio furniture um, in a couple of our stores, we have three stores, and um, I struggled with it. You know, we, we always seem to fall back on concentrating on hot tubs. And I, I'm curious as to what your advice would be for somebody like myself or somebody else listening to this, thinking about doing patio furniture 
what what are the keys to your to your success? Yeah, well, I think uh, just like anything else, the patio business, you, you have to look like you're in the business. Um, so you have to have a, a nice a, a nice selection. Um, one of the things we try to do with all of our products we sell is to strategically align ourselves with the uh, the, the the best suppliers in the business. And so I think that really helps because we can lean on them for, for merchandising and, and ideas. Um, so second of all, you just need to have the space. It takes a lot of room um, in a lot of the showrooms and, you know, some of the bigger cities, you know, the advantage we have is our, our showroom costs are probably a little less than in Philadelphia. So we can afford to have more space um, than, than, than say like a store out there in a, in a bigger city. So it does take up a lot of room. I'm sorry, how much space do you guys have right now? Uh, we have about 16,000 square foot showroom. So, and we dedicated about half of that to patio. So it does take a lot of room and um, takes a lot of warehouse space too, because you typically are ordering this stuff. I, I actually just recently got back last week from Chicago from the patio show. And, and that's where we, we, we place all our orders and pick everything out. Um, and, uh, Fortunately, my wife does all the uh, the picking of the colors and the fabrics, and matching those those to the the finishes of the of the of the furniture, which is a huge huge uh, benefit. If you pick the wrong finish or the wrong fabric, you'll sit on the you'll you'll sit on the furniture for a long time. And then you get to blame her if it doesn't move. That's smart. Yes. <laughs> Every time I pick something out, she lets me. She lets me pick out one set, and we are, we're always blowing that out at our warehouse sale at the end of the year. So. That's so fun. You know, I was talking to a retailer when when we were working on this issue, and that was something that he mentioned was. Um, you know, the difference in buying furniture versus other products and just, you know, it's and how hard it is. And I hadn't thought about it before. But of course, if I go to a furniture store to look for a new couch, I can it can be 50,000 square feet and I still will not see the couch that I want because I'm particular and I want it to look like my house. And and it's of course, it's the same for the backyard. So I, I don't know why I never really thought of it like that before, but it makes it makes a lot of sense. It's got to be really hard to pick out, you know, just the right thing. Yeah, and when you when you're the difference from like our store versus a, a large chain store with patio furniture, we we choose mostly domestic manufacturers, so we can change finishes, we can change fabrics because a lot of our our customers don't want the same chair and, and couch that their neighbor has. They want they love it, but they want some a different color. So we we have the ability to to customize and and really make that outdoor space their very own. And I think that's what a lot of people. That's what a lot of people like, and and our stuff is super comfortable. Um, so there's a big difference from seeing it on seeing it on the internet and then actually sitting in it in our store. I think that's a a distinct advantage we have by showing a lot of it. So you guys do a lot of custom orders then? Yes, yeah. Usually early in the season, we do a lot of a lot of our special orders. Once it gets to June and July, it's not as you know, it's what it's more. What do you have in stock? Just because it's people want it now. And so most of our special order season starts in February, you know, and goes through April. So Tom, you know, one of the things I think about that everybody talks about is, Oh, I, I, I can't compete with Costco. How, how do you, how do you take that? Uh, how do you handle that objection? Sure. Um, in our store, all of our products, we try to have something for everyone, but in the patio, in, in the outdoor section, that's not true. Ours is typically a very high-end um, 
it's 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 not even it's 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 much more expensive. So it's apples and oranges. Um, so when someone comes in looking to spend, you know, five hundred dollars on a patio set, we're just oh, sorry. That's that's not who we are. Um, so it's it is it is tougher when someone comes in and wants to spend a little less money. But you know, short uh, showroom floor space is very valuable. Um, so we just in the past when we've tried to bring in some of those less expensive sets. We don't sell them, so it's it's everybody wants the uh, the nicer the nicer the tropatone and the, the the nicer patio set that we sell. So, what other outdoor products do you sell besides patio furniture? Um, you know the the patio furniture we we sell along with the patio furniture we sell a lot of fire pits. Um, fire is obviously a it's a huge driver of the patio furniture industry because everybody loves to be out there around the fire. Um, some outdoor heaters. We do outdoor rugs, um, umbrellas, uh, pergolas. Uh, we do sell some prefabricated pergolas, things like that. But just to, um, anything to do with the backyard that uh, that doesn't take a lot of construction to, to, to put in is, is, is what we, we focus on. When it comes to the construction, because you guys also you guys also build pools. That's another part of your of your business, right? Correct. Yep. But you don't offer. I mean, you're not doing entire backyard makeovers per se. I mean, when it comes to the outdoor living stuff, that's a little separate from like your pool construction business. Yeah, we have a really good relationship with one of the the larger uh, landscaping firms here in town. So we focus on the pool side of it, and he focuses on the the landscaping and then uh it's so it's a really good relationship we have so whenever they have a pool in their project they, we're usually involved and whenever there's a landscaper needed in one of our projects they're also involved so it's a it's a we kind of uh, uh it's a it's a good it's a good relationship yeah that's really smart i feel like um you know, doing the whole outdoor design can be really difficult. And sometimes I think for a lot of people, it gets piecemealed together because they can't afford to do everything at once. And if you don't have, you know, someone who can kind of unify the whole thing, it ends up being a little bit, a little bit hodgepodge. I agree. I agree. It's uh, it's usually the customer ends up disappointed if you don't have some, if you, there's not collaboration on the front end with everybody that's involved. And it usually costs the customer more money because there's things that are forgotten and uh, things like that. Hey Tom, so when you have um, you have a partnership like with this, do you ever run into issues where they want to use somebody different for the pool and their landscaping, or vice versa? They have a landscaper and and you, they want to use you guys for the pool. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's it happens all the time. So everybody has some of their favorites or somebody they like to use. Um, uh, I, I, would, I would think most people like to use us. We're the preferred pool guy in town, but there's a lot more landscapers than there are pool guys. Um, but usually once you sit down and explain them and, and, you know, our, our landscaper had, does a great job of having, um, being able to show them what they're getting, um, through, through, through 3d and through digital. And they, they, you know, they utilize the technology because most landscapers show up in a truck and say, I'll do this, this, and this, and they may draw it out on a napkin. Well, most customers want something a little more sophisticated and are willing to spend the extra 20% with someone that says, here's your plan. Here's what we're going to do. Uh, so I think that's a big advantage. So we try to, you know, th they do a great job on that end of it. So it's, it, 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 it helps us. That, that makes sense to me. Now did, uh, the Midwest had a very hot summer, uh, this, this summer. Did, did that, did that help your pool business? I use my pool a lot more. I know that. 
but uh, <laughs> you know the swing pools it it does um we're, we're already booked out for quite a few pools for next year um this year is just a year where usually on a swimming pool, they plan, plan ahead, most people. So a lot of our pools were, were already booked even when it was cold and snowy. So it does help uh, as far as the interest level, as far as the, um, when it was super hot like that, we were doing, we were doing two or three quotes every day. So yes, that does help. How did you find this landscape guy that you partner with? I mean, was it hard to find someone and kind of build that relationship that you, that you trust, that you feel comfortable enough that you can send your, send your customers there? Uh, we happened to work with him on, on, on a project one time. And, uh, one of the things that when we have our, our, our meeting before we start the project is I always ask, I'm like, uh, you know, how, how's your cell phone use? You know, I mean, do you, can you answer your, do you answer your phone? Cause that's, it's, it's amazing how simple that is, but yeah, he, we, we just happened to run each other on a, on, on a project. And ever since then, we just, we communicate really well. We, we let each other know what's going on. And it makes, it just makes our life uh, that much easier. So I think we both, there's give and take. I mean, obviously um, sometimes there's a situation that uh, something might've happened on our end. Well, they'll help us rectify the situation and we work together to, to just to, cause our both, our end goal for both of us is to have the customer happy. And I think sometimes in relationships like this, somebody just, I don't care about, I just want to make my money, you make your money and we're done. Where we look at it as an overall partnership where, hey, we want this to be a fantastic experience and we want this backyard to be the focal point because we know that's, you know, we know the family's going to love it and use it for years to come. Can I ask you some more about fire pits? Yes, I love fire pits. <laughs> so it's, I, yeah, I do too. And I think they, I think they seem like such a great addition to a hot tub showroom because, you know, they're easy. People love them. Um, but I did run across a hot tub retailer recently and he talks about it in the magazine, this issue that brought in fire pits and it completely bombed for them. And he said the reason why was because in their area they have, um, there aren't any, I guess, uh, restrictions on open burns. And so people just made hodgepodge um, fire pits themselves with some rocks and, and whatever and, and called it good. So, which I just found so fascinating. Um, I guess, I guess I picture Sioux Falls would not have a ton of restrictions like that. Is I mean, is that something you've run across where people are like, I don't need something that's fancy because I can just put some boulders over here. Well, I think any product you, your staff and your, you get behind and are passionate about, you're, you're going to sell. Um, and that's one thing that with fire pits, our staff are everybody. I mean, we love fire pits and we know when we know what happens when people, people get around fire pits. It's just, a, it's such a, it's such a fun, it's such a fun gathering area. You're going to use your patio furniture more. Uh, you're going to spend more time with your family, all those good things that, uh, that come and, and and we don't have a lot of burn restrictions here, but it, the the thing about our fi- fire pits versus like a real wood fire pit, they're you know they're convenient. You go out there, you want to sit out there for 10, 15 minutes, have a glass of wine. Uh, you you turn it on. You when you're done, you turn it off. You go back inside. It's it's I think the convenience of it is is, is nice. And I, I I think anybody that doesn't sell fire pits is is probably not trying too hard. Okay. <laughs> Tom, you raise a good point there with just, it's, it's instant. It's fast, right? It's sort of like buying a, having a concrete uh, spa built and then having to heat it up versus having a portable hot tub that's always hot and ready to go. 
the fire pits that you got to get the wood in there and get the fire going. And then you got the smoke blowing in your face and all that's a little bit different. We have some friends recently, we were at their house and I left home smelling like a s'more. It was like, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was crazy. Like the, the, the smoke, we kept having to move around the fire. Um, and I thought, man, that would be really nice if they had like one of those cool fire pits you see at some of the nicer restaurants and uh, you see them all over Southern California. We have a really big fire pit that's built into our backyard, um, you know, big wood thing. And it looks nice. And, but yes, in theory, I mean, we've maybe burned it one time because, again, it's wood and it gets really smoky and it's close enough to the house that the whole house smells like smoke for days. And so, you know, our plan for next summer is to take it out and buy a portable one. <laughs> yeah. The convenience is, is, is unbelievable. I mean, it's, that's, that's what people like. Just saying we just replaced our, our, uh, our green egg with a gas grills because we can actually cook at lunch and really quick, as opposed to firing up the green egg, getting it all. Go- I mean, that's a whole process, right? So, so people do like stuff that's fast. Although, however, people, people do love the green eggs. I mean, that's like, that's a cult in and of itself. Do you do grills too? You know, we, 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 we dabbled in the grill business for a while and uh, we've, we, we, we've had them all. And, and it's, it's one of those things that we just weren't good at. Um, so we decided to step away from that, but yeah, you're exactly right. That's a great analogy. The big green eggs, they take some time. You're investing some time in, in cooking. And uh, I, that's a great analogy for a wood fire pit. You mentioned something else that um, I think is kind of key to backyard living, which is, um, you know, saying that your employees love to sell the fire pits and have really bought into that. Um, I feel like that's something that lots of retailers run into when they try to bring in a new outdoor living product. Um, I mean, typically the margins are going to be lower than on a hot tub and, you know, the commissions are going to be different. And it seems like people have a hard time getting their salespeople to really buy in and get excited about um, focusing on these products that aren't going to make them as much money. The average, the average fire pits, you know, is probably in that two to $3,000 range. And then by the time you put chairs and everything around it, it's, it's six to $7,000. So it's comparable to a hot tub. So for the salespeople, but, um, I think the big thing is they just, there's no service call on patio furniture. There's no, Hey, my water's cloudy. My, my, your, your, the simplicity of it. And everybody that gets a fire pit from us and patio furniture loves it. So I think that knowing that that knowing that they're selling something that customers are going to enjoy and and definitely enjoy with a with 100% certainty they love selling it so yeah that's a good point the salespeople don't like getting calls later about about service issues <laughs> they do not they do not hey tom i'm i'm curious how many uh, patio furniture vendors do you deal with you know we ha- we have two two main vendors uh, but every year we always try to find one or two other vendors just with some different things and uh, just try try to keep the showroom looking different but typically our main we, we deal with two two of the main vendors um, Tropitone and OW Lee. Do you guys still do pool tables? I know you'd mentioned that that was something you did in in the beginning. Is that still a big part of your business? You know it's actually making uh, quite a, it's making a good comeback. Um, Really? Yeah. Yeah. So last couple of years as buildings, you know, cause that, that goes hand in hand with building new homes and moving and things like that. Um, the, the downfall is the younger generation isn't, isn't so much into the pool tables as, as it is the baby boomers. So it, it is definitely coming back with a, with a pool table, with, with a, 
new homes being built. And a lot of times just because we're at, you know, people usually have a little larger houses. So they, they it's almost like f- it's furniture. So they need something to put in that space. The pool table is more of a piece of furniture than actual a billiards table like they used to be. Do you keep a lot of them on display? Because I feel like that can be the, the bad thing about pool tables is that they, they take up a lot of space. Yeah, they do. They do. We, we usually tr- try to keep 10 to, 10 to 15 on the showroom floor. Um, in the summertime, it will dwindle down to probably six, but most of the time it's, most of the time we have that 12 to 14, 12, 12 to 15 tables on the floor. So is that somewhat seasonal, the, the pool table business? Uh, it's becoming less seasonal. It used to be during Christmas, we would deliver a ton of pool tables. Um, the difference is now when people want something, they just go buy it. They don't wait till Christmas anymore. Um, but yeah, it's becoming less seasonal, uh, which is difficult because you, you run into floor space issues with in the summer, we'd rather have patio furniture on the floor versus pool tables. Cause we know the turns will be there on the patio furniture, not so much on the pool tables in the summer. How is this? How does the seasonality kind of go with your, with your products? So you're selling obviously, you know, the patio furniture more in the summer, but how does everything else kind of work its way around? Well, like right now, and when we get to October, we start to the sauna season kicks off. So we do sell saunas, and that's that's seen quite a resurgence the last resurgence the last few years. Um, uh, but then also then the billiards. The, this time of the year is when the billiards, the pool tables start start to sell. So pool tables really start to sell when people go are stuck inside because of the cold weather. We do sell them all year round, but typically when when we're selling them in the summer, it's to someone building a new house and they want it to match, you know, certain, you know, match their house style and things like that. So, um, but yeah, so the seasonality is, is, is more the wintertime for the, for the pool tables. And then the hot tubs seem to seem to go year round. It does slow down a little bit when, when there's a, a foot of snow on the ground, but we, uh, we keep selling them. It's just hard to deliver them. What's your breakdown between, um, percentage wise between hot tubs, um, outdoor products, the pool and service, et cetera. How, how does that break down for you? Sure. What's the lion's share of your business? Uh, the lion's share is hot tubs. Um, and then right behind that, not far is our, is our patio furniture and outdoor products. And then the swimming pools, actually swimming pools this year will be, will be right there as well. The swimming pool business, we had a strong season in the swimming pool business. So about a, uh, you know, about a 30, 30, 30, and then the last 10% would be our service. We're going to take a break to hear a message from our sponsor. When we come back, we talk to Tom about the patio show in Chicago and how it compares to the pool and spa show. And Jeff and Tom talk a little bit about their involvement with the Gemini group. We don't do a great job explaining what Gemini is, so we'll put some information in the show notes if you're interested in learning more. Celebrity and Celebrity Elite High Flow Therapy Jets are engineered to provide the most satisfying low pressure massage to penetrate muscles without punishing pressure. They vary in size from small neck jets to large straight, rotator, or multi-port jets for a varied massage experience. The water flow is adjustable and jets can also be interchanged to provide a unique feel to the soak. The Hollywood Elite features a whitewater 4 jet in the footwell for an exhilarating whole body blast. The jets are easily controlled with an inward facing panel and a zone control in the Hollywood Elite. Celebrity Hot Tubs and Celebrity Elite from Marquee give you high flow for exhilarating fun. Visit MarqueeSpas.com for more information. 
I always find it really interesting when you come across companies. I mean, a lot of people uh, have swimming pool businesses and, and retail stores and also sell hot tubs, but it's kind of a, a secondary product for them. I always find it really interesting when you have companies that are really strong in both because, you know, obviously we have, we have spa retailer magazine and we have pool pro magazine. We think of those industries as, as really separate. And so I just think it's interesting how interesting when you find the companies that are able to do both well, just considering how different those businesses are. I mean, you're doing retail, which is, you know, one thing and then construction, which is just a whole different animal. Well, on the construction side, uh, definitely have a, an advantage with my our, our construction manager has been with us for almost 15 years so he's really the driving force on getting the installations done otherwise without him it would that number would be a lot smaller yeah it usually comes down to the people doesn't it It do, absolutely does yes i think also your market helps you in that sense where you know in the larger markets there's so many pool dealers that just do pools i know in the philadelphia market there's very solid you know six or seven very key players that that build pools that do a lot of pools and um, and we find that the people that do pools and hot tubs usually struggle with hot tubs in this market. Um, whereas people that just do hot tubs do really well with just the hot tubs. Um, but it's a, it's a, it's an interesting, it's an interesting dynamic when you go from market to market. Sure. Yeah. You know, everybody talks about the big cities and how, with the type of numbers they're doing, well, you, you hit the nail on the head. You have so much more competition in those big cities in the smaller cities. It's, there's less competition, but uh, I, I like the size of Sioux Falls. It's very manageable. Um, you know, if we were in a big city, there's, like you said, the competition is is relentless. And some of it is, as you probably find, is not always the most ethical or they do some things probably they shouldn't do. Um, where I think here in Sioux Falls, it's a small town and and word of mouth, when you when you do something wrong or something bad, it, every, everybody usually knows about it. How big is Sioux Falls? Uh, we're up to about 180,000 people. We were talking earlier before the call, before the uh, before the call about um, being from South Dakota, and I'm from I'm from North Dakota, and you know people who've never been there have a really hard time picturing yeah. <laughs> what that looks like. So you know it's not like you've got three houses in a little in a little cluster there. 180,000 is nothing to sneeze no, at. No, <laughs> no, it's not bad. It's 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 a little. We have everything we need here. You know, there's not too many things that uh, we we don't have access to. You know, Megan, I drove my daughter recently out to Los Angeles to move. I moved her out there um, uh, back in August. And I have a profound respect for um, how much corn is actually in the country growing. It's uh, that, that sort of blew my mind. But but what really surprised me was it was the first time I was through the Midwest. So I went through towns like Omaha and Lincoln. And I'm trying to think of Des Moines. And you just see these. These are these are very solid cities. I was, you know, as an East coaster, you know, I'm, I'm settled, you know, between in Philadelphia, between New York city and Washington DC and to, to, you know, so I'm used to big cities, but I, I was very impressed with, uh, with what, what the size of the towns there. And, um, and when I visited you, Tom, in the, in the spring, it was, I, I, it was a great city. It's a great town. Yeah, Sioux Falls is really nice. I've been there a few times in my in my childhood driving around the uh, Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> we have a you know the Sioux Falls has a has a great business community and they uh, really support other businesses. Um, you know we have a, a couple really strong. You know our, our industry here is a lot of medical, a lot of hospitals and credit card uh, banks, things like that. So um, that really helps helps the economy a lot and helps helps business move forward. 
and you got that prison, which is good, in Smithfield, right? It's still it's still there. <laughs> I'm just glad you didn't visit it when you were here last time. <laughs> I just thought that was great. Like I said, I mean, on one hand, uh, kudos to you. I mean, it's it's it continues to be a booming economy right now, and uh, other markets um, are, are. I'm reading articles that are pretty flat. Uh, or or the housing market's really slowing. Um, but that kind of stretch in there from Omaha up to actually even Des Moines, uh, uh, but that, that whole center section. Um, but I'm, I'm thinking, you know, uh, Omaha, Sioux Falls, Fargo, as you're going around there, that, that that's pretty strong markets. Even Bismarck was very strong. It was mentioned in yeah. the article. Yeah, I think uh, Bismarck and Fargo were ahead of Sioux Falls in that uh, in that article. So they're, our neighbors to the north are doing doing pretty well, too. Have you tried any products that outdoor products that didn't work out so well? Do you have anything that that you tried and bombed? I mean, you kind of mentioned that grills didn't didn't go good for you guys. Is there anything else? Yeah, we, we try to forget those products when we, when when they when they, <laughs> when they bomb that because they're very expensive. Uh, well, yeah, grills is one thing that's been uh, was was a real big learning curve. Um, there is a, a quite a bit of service, and I think people's expectation buying it from a specialty retailer like ourselves versus going to Home Depot. Their expectations are totally different, um, but they they expect the margins, they expect the pricing to be similar. So that was one of the big learning curves I did. That, that that I that I that was my epiphany. Was like, okay, you want me to my price to be as cheap as I can to match the big box, but when it comes to you want me to deliver it, you want me to something happen, you want me to come out and service it, you know. So that was that was one of those things. The grills were just not not something we were we were good at. And then the other thing was above ground pools. We did that for forever and then we finally started trying to manage our business more by numbers and when we started looking at the numbers on that it just it just didn't make a lot of sense just so much competition in that category and even the aftermarket repairs and parts uh it was just a race to who could who could get to the bottom first and and it's that's just not who we are so we 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 stepped out of that about five or six years ago and it's been the best decision we've ever made Tom, you and Jeff, you guys are both in the the Gemini group, are you not? Uh, we are. Yep. Just to, you know, talking about running your business by the numbers and and how helpful that program has been to to get people to you know analyze those things a little bit more closely. Uh, same great guy, Dave Riley, who's a, a facilitator for that and the creator. He's he's yeah. he's terrific. I I kind of equate that to like Weight Watchers or, you know, you go on a diet and you tell all your friends, Oh, I'm losing weight. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And then you have to step on the scale, going to the Gemini meetings, like stepping on the scale. It, uh, there's you and you're, and you're naked in front of your whole, all your compadres there. So you, there's no, there's nothing hidden. You guys share everything. So. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's terrific yes. that way. It's, it's, you're absolutely right. It's a great Before way Jim and I, I, I always thought there was hot tub numbers. You know, people would tell you, oh, we do this, we do that. And then you sit down and, with uh, with with some these guys and uh, you lay it all out there. And, and it's usually, sometimes it's very disappointing. And sometimes you're like, oh, maybe we're not doing so bad. So I have a question for you, Tom. You were, you were just out at the um, the show, right? The, the uh, market out in uh, yes. Chicago? Yes, yes. Tell us about that. Would you see anything interesting? Anything new? Yeah, there's uh, there's always lots of lots of good stuff out there. Um, there's there's three floors of just just patio furniture after patio furniture. You know, we've been there quite a few times now, so we 
we kind of we spend our most time with our main vendors picking out the styles and colors um but on the uh the old seventh floor they call it it's uh there is thousands of vendors there and selling all sorts of different things um one of the things i found just last time i was out there uh was this like prefabricated pergola kit like a do-it-yourself anybody could buy you know so just little things when you go to the patio show you find so many different things you can add even add to your showroom enhance your showroom and able to sell you know able to to sell some of the product as well but yeah the, the patio furniture is, a, is 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 one of my favorite shows to go see now is is, is that show once a year or twice uh, it's a year? twice a year but usually you want to the, the the earlier in the season is more uh not as many vendors so we always wait and go to the show in september Tom, how where is uh, Chicago on the list of your favorite cities? Uh, it is top two. I'm a big Chicago Bear fan, so I love Chicago. Um, but I love going to Cubbies games too. So I usually try to correlate, you know, try to try to fit one of those two in on my trips there. And I love taking the train. You know, we're not we're from a small town, so we don't get that public transportation. You know, I love taking the train from the airport downtown. I just think it's fun and. And obviously, I'm a food guy. Uh, I love food, and uh, there, there's not a bad place to eat in Chicago. So I graduated. I went to grad school at Northwestern, and so I lived in Chicago for a year. And I'm with you, Tom. It's it's a great city, and I love it. Although I'm a Packers fan and not a Bears fan, so you know, there's that. But I have not been. I love Chicago, and I would love to make a trip back. I haven't been for a few years. NDSU, North Dakota State beat South Dakota State this weekend, and now you're. Uh, you're a Packers fan on top of that. This is a, this is a bad, this is a bad week for me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> I did get to stop by Chicago on my way out to uh, moving my daughter out. That was the first city we stopped in and we stayed there for a couple nights and we had a blast. It was a, it was a great, great, uh, great city. Uh, how about your favorite restaurant in Chicago? That's what's really important. I know you, you don't just go out there to see the, um, to see the patio furniture, you go out there to eat. So well, Joe's eat? Stone Crab is there's, there's two locations, one in Las Vegas and one in Chicago, ironically. And uh, those, that's my, uh, that's that's our go-to. It's it's unbelievable. That's awesome. So, Tom, will you be will you be in Vegas in a few weeks um, at the pool and spa show then? I'm working on it, but I have uh, have a seven and eleven year old that uh, one of the best jobs I have every year is taking them around trick or treating, and I, I usually try to get dressed up this year. I think uh, we're gonna go as uh, one of the X Men, so I get to take them around and uh, and trick or treating, and it's it's me and the a couple of the other dads. We it's just a blast. So hopefully, if I can if I can make it after that, I will. Yeah, it's a real bummer this year that the show starts on Halloween because, you know, I have a three-year-old and that's kind of prime trick-or-treating time when you when your kids are little like that and we're going to we're gonna miss it again for the second year. So it's, it's disappointing. Yeah, that's a uh, time I'm not going to get back. So I, I can't miss that. How does the how does the patio furniture show compare to the pool and spa show? Uh, I think it's there's some similarities, but there's, uh, you know, with the patio furniture, it's focused. I mean, most obviously mostly on the outdoors. When you go to the swimming pool show, the, it's it's hot tubs, it's swimming pools, it's vinyl swimming pools, it's above ground. There's a lot of things that that we don't do, you know. So there's, you know, I'd say on the patio show, most of those booths are relevant to what we do. When I go to the pool and spa show, um, there's just there are so many different things that uh, that are there and on display. But, but the other thing is what I like about the pool and spa show, even if I don't do some of those things. I get educated on what else is out there and the different, you know, the different things, but uh, the size wise, the, the pool and spa show is a, is a little bigger. 
Really? I, I think, yeah, I think so. Maybe because it's spread, maybe because of the way the layout is, it's spread, you know, it's spread out over one floor versus multiple floors in a, so. Well, yeah, when you're talking about multiple floors, I guess I, I guess I imagine that it dwarfed the size of, of our show. <laughs> where, where is it? Where is it in Chicago? It's in the where Merchandise Mart. And each one, each vendor has its, there, a lot of them have permanent showrooms in these, in, in, in at the, for the patio show. So a lot of their store, their stores are there year round. So they're set up um, in their own separate stores. Whereas you go to the, you know, the pool and spa show, it's all on, all on one, one floor with dividers between them and things like that. People have a lot of opinions about the pool and spa show, and I have never been to a trade show other than the pool and spa show. So I'm just kind of curious how things you know, what works for that show that, that maybe doesn't work for ours and vice versa. Yeah. Uh, you know, the patio show is, uh, everyone's dressed up a little more. <laughs> They're all in suit, a lot of suits. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a little more business, uh, and less, less casual. Um, I would say the, 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 the food and snacks and beverages they, the, each one of those booths has is a little nicer than the, the, the pad, the, the pool and spa show, but they're, they're both, they're both very beneficial for what we do. They do an event. Uh, I think it's like one day or one week out of the year in Vegas at their mart. Do, have you ever been to that one I have, for furniture? Yes. Yep. They mix it in with the indoor furniture as well, and that's that's enormous. So that's uh, you get your walking shoes on there. But you, it is. I loved going to it because we saw a lot. You were able to see a lot of things. But if you're focused strictly on the outdoor, Chicago is the place to go. I recently learned. Uh, do you have Ashley Furniture where you're at? Where in in, in uh, your town, do. in Sioux Falls? So I, I I saw that they started getting into uh, actually actually they're selling patio furniture to retailers too if I'm not mistaken they have a line uh, that company's just gotten enormous but I didn't know whether yeah you saw actually that. it's that's a that's a great point you bring up because we actually visited with those guys at the Chicago show it was one of the last stops on the seventh floor you know that we were like well you know we don't always go to everywhere on the seventh floor because there's so much to see but we're glad we did because. Um, I think those guys are going to make huge, huge waves in the patio furniture business. Um, it's going to, it's going to really, really hurt a lot of the smaller, uh, the container business. Um, the big advantage they have is they, they warehouse the stuff um, where typically the patio furniture business to be successful in it, you had to warehouse a lot of things. And I think that's the formula they're bringing to the table, which obviously they're very successful with the indoors. And their focus on the indoors has always been the small mom and pops retailers, and uh, they're gonna they're they're gonna I think they're gonna turn the patio furniture business uh, uh, on its side. I really think they're gonna be a powerhouse real shortly. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I, they do have it. You've explained that concept pretty well. I wondered what it, what exactly they were doing by doing that, but it is an interesting concept. And if they can warehouse and and somebody who's been in the business for a while like yourself can see that they've got something pretty big up their sleeves. And uh, uh, that'll be very interesting to see how that comes to play. But I, I had heard somebody share with me that they were at the Vegas show and they were bringing that on. And I, I thought, wow, you know, you know, what, what's the advantage and uh, um, between what they said and what you've said, yeah, it, it does seem like they can turn the patio furniture world upside down. Well, and bit. I think where it's going to really hurt is more of those entry mid-level players. Um, so as you talk to our, the, the, premium manufacturers like OW Lee and Tropitone, they're not worried about it hurting their sales as much. What is going to hurt them is slots on the floors. So if they bring this in, it's 
less slots that they'll have for to display their furniture. So in, in, in essence, they'll sell less if they show less they, and they know that. So that's what they're concerned about. It's more the, than, than it's cause it's totally different than the, than the domestically made high end stuff, but it is, it is, it's very good. It's very good quality stuff. Just not, not like the Tropitone or OWE. Okay. So, but it is, it, so it's, it's uh, above Costco, that, that kind of stuff that you see like that. I'd say it's similar made. or a little nicer. I mean, they have, they have a, obviously have a, uh, a different they have a lot of different price points but yeah it's going to be similar to costco stuff and and a, and a little nicer and also cost as far as price wise it's going to be able to retail comparable to what costco is selling it for too so not a big not as big a difference however that is a market that's not necessarily what you're what you're shooting Correct. for so i feel like tom we've taken up plenty of your time today yeah. <laughs> um but before we kind of sign off, I'm, you know, what do you see, where do you see combined pool and spa going from here? I mean, do, what are some of your, your plans for the future or kind of the things that you would like to see you guys accomplish in the next couple of years? Yeah, over the next couple of years, we'd like, we'd like to utilize some, some technology a little better um, to really help with some of our automations and some of our follow-up processes, our customer, ex- customer, ser- our customer service and customer experience. Um, we're not looking to open a whole bunch of more stores. Um, that's, that's, we found that uh, one larger store, we have two stores now, but one larger store seems to be work for us. Um, so we're really just trying to improve our customer service, improve our uh, efficiencies. Our top line growth is not as important as our bottom line growth. Uh, we just make sure we're a healthy company. So things like that. Um, we're always looking to add a couple extra products here and there that, j- that bring excitement to the showroom. I always, we're always looking for those types of things. So going to the pool and spa show, going to the patio show, that always reignites your passion for the business. So we, we, we'll continue to do that and, and hopefully just uh, continue to have a, you know, a successful and profitable year. Um, I just ordered 200 of the fins. Have, 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 oh. You just mentioned, mentioned technology. Did, did you, um, did, is that, is that a technology you're interested in? I am. I th- we, we did, we ordered some last year. We never really got into it, but now, cause they were just recently bought, weren't they? By Hayward. Yeah. Yes. Hayward bought them, but they're in some ways more aggressive. And uh, my suggestion, one of the reasons I bought 200 is I can be protected as the guy in Philadelphia. Now you can buy it online, but nobody else could make it part of their program where everybody who buys a spa, you know, in the last quarter of the year gets that, um, you know, we're up to almost 300 people on valet service. So we're trying to find a way to incorporate Finn into that because that gives you a dashboard on everybody's uh, hot tub. So we, our valet guys would know going out what exactly has to be done. Essentially I could print, print out what, what they need to do when they walk up. They don't even have to test the water. We already yep. know it. Interesting. Oh, I right? think it's fantastic. I mean, so, um, and, and, you know, to be protected in that, that's definitely something worth looking at, but the hardest thing that we have to do, the hardest thing for us, Megan is implementation. It's, it's, it's just coming up with a plan and executing it is so much harder than, than it seems. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think you're, I think you're right on with that fin product because one of the number one things people don't want to buy a hot tub for is because of water care. Well, this, this solves that problem. Yeah. That's uh, my, my rep kept saying to me, this, this removes the pain point. This, re- this gives the peace of mind 
that the customer can have to say, oh, it's not, not that hard. I, I, I have it figured out. And then of course the technology now on their phone where they're able to lock right to my store to order, they can send me a text or an email or they can go right online to us and order their chemicals and send it. It's kind of like a, a mini, a mini store in a sense that they're making it pretty simple. And they watch like, they say this day you need to put in two teaspoons of chlorine. So they know when you're out of the, out of the chlorine. So it's, it's pretty interesting. It's, it's the potential's gigantic, but again, it's getting everybody on board to do it. I, so I'm curious about, so we've, we've written about Finn before and, uh, Dave actually tested it out in his swimming pool last summer and had really good results with it. But um, I guess I, for the hot tub side, I wasn't really sure what the added benefit was because I felt like hot tub manufacturers were implementing things that already did this, but apparently that's not the case. Not, not at all. In fact, the, the hot water chemistry is much more of a pain than cool water chemistry. Sure. I think Tom so, but Tom has a great setup because when you go into his store, when you're getting your water tested, you can actually get drunk. <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm actually pretty positive because I was there and I, he has like this bar set up. And if you wanted a mimosa or a Bloody Mary while you're getting your water tested, they will hook you up, which is uh, actually illegal in my market. But hey, you, you can do it there in your market. <laughs> There is there is some seasonality to that. We don't do that all the time, but if, if we are, we do have a full array of beverages because everybody tastes everybody's taste buds are a little different. That's pretty great. <laughs> I mean, I would take my water in there. It, you know what? We're serious about fun, and uh, we, one of the things is the customer experience is is something we focus on, and it, it's it's just one of those fun things we do. That's pretty great. Um, I mean, it's something that I feel like, you know, Linda Cahan, who writes our merchandising column for us every issue, I feel like she's talking about that all the time, about doing things like that, like having the food while people wait to get their water tested or, or drinks or coffee or, you know, whatever it is to, you know, help out that customer experience. And so, I don't know, it's pretty cool to hear that you're you're doing that and having fun with yeah, it. Yeah, we do have fun with it. I just... Uh my business partner decided to put it on Facebook one day. That's the only time I'm like, no, we can do it. Let's just not advertise it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause you know, you'd have people like me who'd be like, could you test this water? It came from my sink and I'll have a mimosa while you do that. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> have everybody there at four o'clock in the afternoon to get their yeah. water tested. That would be brilliant. Well, Tom, thank you so much for, for getting on with us today and, and talking about your store and outdoor living. And it's been really, it's been really interesting. And I think people are going to really enjoy it. So thank you so much. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. And I appreciate the uh, helping me through this. My first podcast. So, you know, we're not professionals here, so it's, you're in good company. Thanks a lot, Tom, for doing this. It's great. It's my second podcast. So, hey, you know, I'm, I'm just a little bit ahead of you. Well, that, that's, that's true in most things, Jeff. So we know that. <laughs> <laughs> Not true. Anyway, I appreciate you, Tom. Yeah, thank you, guys. I really appreciate your time. Spa Retailer Podcast is produced by Spa Retailer Magazine. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SpaRetailer.com, and the Spa Retailer app. Please leave us a review and let us know what you think or email us at podcast at sparetailer.com.